0: It's time for the Plan With Dan podcast. The show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident
1: investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now let's Plan With Dan. Hello and welcome back into the Plan With Dan podcast. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Dan Betzel, the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors serving greater Columbus area with an office in Gahanna near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can reach out, call the office at 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Dan, you've been doing this for almost 20 years. Years That is a long time, a lot of wisdom to <laughs> impart, and I hope in 2019 we'll get a lot of that wisdom as well. I guess now entering into your third decade, right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, thanks for <laughs> the reminder, Mark. I appreciate it. <laughs> Just <go. laughs> keeping you honest, keeping you honest. No, we, uh, there we go. We do, though. I, we love hearing from your experience, the wisdom you have to offer on this podcast. We really want to make this as educational as possible, and we want to hear from you, our, our listeners out there. We love taking your questions, and we actually plan to do that. A little later on in the podcast today Before we get to any of that, Dan I want to get to know you just a little bit better So, we're in January Holidays are all past us And now it's just the cold of winter But hey, it is a great time for snow skiing And from what I hear You've got a bit of a story about that for us. You know, I was going to ask you what your favorite sport was. We talked about this off the air. <laughs> and you talked a little bit about snow skiing. So tell me about that.
0: Well, I've got to put that in context. When you asked me before the recording, you know, what's my favorite sport? I laughed because anybody who knows me knows I'm probably one of the most unathletic people, you know, on <laughs> on the planet. But that doesn't mean that I still don't have fun doing things. But if I had to think about something that was really meaningful to me, you know, my kids are grown. My daughter's 30 years old. My son just you know, graduated from the Ohio Fire Academy. He's working as a fireman. But I have really, really wonderful memories of snow skiing trips that we took together, the four of us. Um, so during the week, sometimes we would drive up to the little teeny uh, ski resort, maybe an hour and a half north of Columbus. Uh, a couple times a year, we drive to New York to go to you know, Holiday Valley. A couple times we really were able to go out west and we went to Breckenridge and and uh, you know, I just have some really, really good memories. I don't have many good memories of me skiing very well. I, I learned. I think I was probably in my mid or late 40s when I started, but just seeing my kids and the four of us together and kind of skiing down the slope and it was a lot of fun. So when you ask me what my favorite sport is, first I'm going to laugh and then I'm going to say, oh, I think it's the time I spent with my family, uh, family skiing, and both of my kids, which is you know every parent's dream. They are much better skiers than I am or my wife is.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> hey, those are wonderful memories. I mean, I, same yeah, absolutely thing. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Growing up, I my family I mean, loved going skiing. So, yeah.
0: I remember uh, my wife and I were going up a chairlift and we looked down and we saw our kids skiing down, like, you know, making the perfect S turns. And I was like, wow. That doesn't get much better than seeing that. Uh, I never did master the S-turns. I did more of the pizza and French
1: uh, fries. Ah, the pizza slice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, well, I'll tell you a quick story about my level of skiing. Uh, I, again, grew up doing a lot of the same. My brothers both lived out in Colorado, so we got to go out and visit and ski every nice. now and then. And always loved it. And I got to where I was pretty good for a while, but then I got out of shape. I had a surgery. It kind of just threw me out of a loop. So yeah. a couple of years ago, I go out there. I'm pretty out of shape. And I'm trying to ski like I'm still in shape. And so they say, hey, let's go over to the backside of the mountain. Oh, my God! Do the expert terrain. Oh, And no. they have these big things <laughs> called bulls, which just yeah. are basically like an open face of the mountain. You probably know this. Yeah. And they're considered to be expert level only. You know, you'll die if you try it and you're not any good, yada, yada. <laughs> and I think, well, I'm still in shape. I can do this. I get about halfway down, Dan. And I cannot breathe. I'm so out of shape. And so I just sit down in the snow here on this sheer face of the mountain. I just sit down, which nobody ever does. And so this woman comes by and she says, oh, my gosh, you must be hurt are you okay what's going on and i said no no i'm totally fine i just can't breathe could you hand me a candy bar and maybe some water
0: <laughs> well i knew better than to go to i know what you're talking about the back bowls of veil vale. i knew better than to go back there <laughs> just, just so you know
1: so next time i go skiing i'll go with you and we'll do it okay. the right
0: way. So. <laughs> lots of green and bunny
1: hills oh gosh well thanks for sharing dan love hearing about your passions and your your interest in sports it counts man. It counts. <laughs> so. and it's a wonderful time of year for it if you're listening to this and you're a skier get out there this is the time of year to be out there stop listening to us what are you doing get out there and do some skiing oh man well thanks for sharing dan now let's move on and take a question out of our mailbag it's time for the mailbag we want to hear from you all right this week let's take a question from barry barry is in pickerington And Barry says, I feel good about the amount we have in savings relative to the income we'll actually need in retirement. However, I'm worried about nursing home costs, and I don't really have a good feel for how to plan for that. What's your normal approach?
0: Oh, my gosh, Barry, that is such an excellent question. And actually, you know, it reminds me of, you know, these five integral areas that I always talk about of holistic estate planning. You know, one of them is how are we going to handle risk? You know risk during our retirement years and we're all used to the issue of handling risk when we're younger you know we need life insurance because you know maybe we're going to pass away and we need to replace our income or pay off the mortgage or make sure that our spouse is going to be okay you know, putting the kids through school and educating them but as we age the risk changes, you know, the house is paid off, hopefully, the kids are educated, we're in retirement, but we have a new risk, you know, and this is the long term care risk that, that you're mentioning. And, um, you know, on a personal level, I mean, uh, my mom had a, an illness, she was in the nursing home for I, I believe about seven weeks. And if you can believe it, seven weeks up in the Cleveland area, the bill was over $14,000. I mean, if you could just imagine, you know, if you had wow. to be in the nursing home for like a year or two years, what that could do. So I ask everybody, like I said, it's one of the questions, one of the issues we must deal with when we're doing retirement planning. And basically, you know, you have a couple options you can self-pay if you're very fortunate and you have enough assets and you can self-pay for you and your spouse. But even then, some people don't want to self-pay. You could also, um, there's all different kinds of insurance products you can look at. There's long-term care insurance. There's also a hybrid life insurance policy that allows you to access face value. If you were to need long-term care, a lot of clients really like that idea. It's called like a hybrid life insurance policy, second to die. It's a it's not quite as expensive, you know, often as long-term care and then if you don't use it you know the nice part of it it can pass down to your heirs and then the third choice which is you know not a very palatable choice for most of us would be to actually you know voluntarily impoverish yourself and have to apply for medicaid or government assistance those are the three ways you can uh, approach it and i really applaud you it's a great question i'm so glad you're asking it and get some advice you know explore these various options and good luck and choose the best one for you and your family
1: yes thanks for writing in barry as always if you want your question to be featured on the podcast you can go online and submit a question at betzelwealthadvisors.com that's betzelwealthadvisors.com submit a question and we could feature you on the podcast don't worry if you're nervous we'll change your name if we need to to protect the innocent and all that good stuff but you could be featured as our next mailbag question on the plan with dan podcast let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior it's time for mind over money well it is time to hear from dan and what he's cooked up for us this week dan we love studying the behavioral aspect of investing we love hearing about the psychology of our investing habits what do you have for us this week
0: yeah so i also love behavioral finance probably one of my favorite things to read about you know in the evenings when Everybody's watching those sports shows that I tell you that I'm not that interested in. I like to read about behavioral finance. But there's a great concept that I'd like to share with, with the listeners today called framing bias. And I was reminded of that not too long ago. I was at a movie with my wife, and it wasn't a particularly scary movie, but it had some scary elements. And there was a mom sitting next to me with her child, and the child was a little scared. And the mom said, well, don't look at the screen. Just look at the frame, and it won't be as scared because you'll, it'll remind you that as a frame, it's not real. And what you're seeing on the screen, it's a movie. And I thought, wow, that was really a great, you know, great advice from this mom. Not only for watching a movie, but you know, for also in life in general. So, you know, framing bias occurs when people make a decision based on the way you know the information is presented to them, or based on the movie that they're accepting as truth. You know, that's coming to them. And you know, um, there's just so many examples of this in the financial, you know, planning world. I'll give you like a a very like number-based example, then I'll give you more of a, maybe an emotional-based value. But so for example, if a company says, you know, our earnings last quarter were one dollar and twenty-five cents and we did not hit, you know, our goal of one point two seven. You're like, oh, doesn't sound very good. But they could have said something different. And it could also have been true. You could have said no, our earnings last quarter were one twenty-five. And they were much better than a year ago where our earnings were only (laughs) 1.21. It's the same exact information, right? But it's being presented in a different way. So I think, you know, clearly option two is a better job of framing than option one. But we have to always be really careful, I think, that we guard against this framing bias you know, that we all have, you know, how we look at a problem. I'll give you a perfect example. Last quarter, the third quarter, the most of clients portfolios, you know, didn't see a lot of growth that they were hoping to see. A lot of that had to do because the, you know, the U.S. equity market was doing fantastic and of course that's what they kept hearing on TV, but the international market was doing almost as poorly as the U.S. market was doing well. So their portfolios were flat. So if they're framing their portfolio performance just on that one quarter, they weren't happy. But sometimes they would come in, I would show them, well, let's look at since inception, let's look at a longer time frame, let's change the frame of how we're analyzing this problem. And you see the portfolio is really doing quite well. That's just another example of, of be careful, you know, how you frame an issue, how you frame a question, how you frame information being given to you. And I think it's not only very interesting in financial planning world, but in life in general. So sometimes it's good, you know, to realize that, you're in the movie theater, it's not real, and look at the frame.
1: Sure. I love that advice, Dan. That's especially pertinent for me. I watched a preview for the new Jordan Peele movie coming out next year, and it's supposed to be terrifying, and just ah. watching that preview freaked me out. I should have watched the frame. I like that thought.
0: <laughs> I will not be at that movie. I'll
1: take it that for <laughs> <sure>. But I <laughs> think that's good perspective. I mean, it's like if you look at the markets, right? If you go to Google yeah. and you just type in S&P 500 and you look at what it did today, it might right. look all over the place. If you look at what it did in the last month, it's certainly all over the place. But once you brought it out to a year, five years, long term, it really just all depends on how you want to look at it.
0: Absolutely. And not just financial planning, but life in general as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great perspective, Dan. Thank you as always for sharing we will, of course, continue to feature the Mind Over Money segment in 2019, one of my personal favorites on the podcast. All right, Dan, last podcast, we talked Mark Twain. If you listen to the podcast, well, first of all, if you didn't, go back and listen to it. You can also find that online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. But if you listened, you might remember that we took wisdom from Mark Twain. We went through some of his favorite quotes the lack of money is the root of all evil was one of my personal favorites we went through and we really enjoyed that podcast so much so that hey we're bringing it back we're doing a part two and we're going to just continue through some quotes some wit and wisdom of mark twain and dan as we did last time i just want you to tell us how his wisdom applies to us great all right he says october perhaps we should have done this back at Halloween he says October is one of the particularly dangerous months for speculating in stocks the others are July, January, September, April, November, May, June, March, December, August and February. Okay,
0: so I love this quote cuz anyone who knows me, anyone who's listened to my podcasts, read any of my blogs or come to visit me, no, they say there are three there are three myths that we have to eliminate from our financial planning world. You know, one of them is stock picking market timing and track record investing. Those are all speculation. And so I, I just think this is a brilliant way, you know, of expressing this, that, you know, you have to look at your investing as a rational, long-term, well thought out, disciplined planning process. And you can't be chasing hot stocks looking for a home run. Because if you do, you might get a home run every once in a while, but you're going to get a lot of strikeouts. So I just love this. And I think it's saying in a very pithy statement what I always say is you cannot engage in stock picking, market time or track record investing, but I think I like his way better. I think I'm, I might put this up in my office on the wall or something. I love it.
1: He has oh. a lot of great quotes for sure. <laughs> Let's take another one here. He says, how unfortunate a thing is it for a man to have wealth and for him to make a God of it instead of a servant?
0: Yeah, wow, I really love this. So just when you think that um, Mark Twain is just a humorist, you, know, you realize that he has a very deep uh, spiritual side to him. Um, You know, I tell all my clients, there's, you know, the 20 must answer questions for you to consider and for you to work with and to struggle with on your journey toward financial peace of mind. And, you know, the first and the last question of the 20, you know, are more philosophical, more, dare I say, spiritual. You know, the first one is, you know, what is your true purpose for money? And I think if you think about your true purpose for money, it it goes a long way to actually understanding, you know, what Twain's saying here, you know, that you don't work for money, you work so that you can have the life and you can do the things with your family and you can help society and you can do the type of, you know, thoughtful giving you want to do that money allows you to do. And, you know, the last question of my 20 must answer questions is, you know, are you ready to shift your personal mindset about money from lack to abundance. And what I've realized is that there's really no correlation between how much money a person makes and how happy or fulfilled they are. Of course, there's a basis in our you know capitalist society, we have to have money. That's how things work. But you know, whether you are, you know it's actually quite interesting for me as a financial advisor to meet people that would have what we all would consider maybe modest income, modest retirements, who are happy and fulfilled and giving money back. And other people that we all would agree would have very significant assets and are not as happy. I I do think that money allows you lots of options and lots of ways to solve problems and gives you lots of choices, but that's different than being happy. And I'm all for having lots of choices. I'm all for creating as much wealth as you can. But as long as we don't forget that, that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have to do the work to be grateful and to be happy and to view that money as a way to help other people. So I I love that. I really, really love that. It's a great quote.
1: All right, Dan. Mark Twain also says, the secret to getting ahead is getting started, which... Oh my gosh, that's so true. I mean, especially right now, right? I mean, we're in the early part of 2019. Still plenty of time, but you got to get started.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'd even say, sometimes I meet with people and they're almost like embarrassed. I only have $100 a month to start with or $50 a month to start with. And I'm like, that's great. You know, (laughs) that's that's fantastic. So um, I really... um, would tell people it's not you know timing the market it's not waiting till you get a thousand dollars that you can begin to invest every month but it's actually just getting started taking that first step i mean every time then you you know you get a raise every time you might you know get a bonus you know to keep working on it and i tell people you can't even imagine where you'll be in 10 15 or 20 years if you just start today so um I really think there's a lot of truth you know in mark twain's sayings and i think they're really really awesome and i've been a big fan of his since actually i was in high school and i'm glad that i got to engage with him a little bit more you know on a financial planning level and not necessarily just on a purely literary or philosophical level so yay mark twain i think it's a lot for us to consider and ponder as we begin this new year together
1: a lot to ponder indeed. and I love that last quote. the secret to getting ahead is getting started. so why not start today get a jump start on your financial life. Dan, what might it look like to do that here in 2019? What might it look like to just sit down with you and have that conversation?
0: Yeah, so you know I'd, I'd encourage people to either uh, go to my website or email me directly, at Dan at Betzel Wealth Advisors. I can send you an electronic copy of a book I wrote I've written about successful retirement planning. I can send you a link to a, an educational video I made about the truths of investing and uh, yeah, start the conversation, start the dialogue. It would be great to meet with you one on one. And I'd like to give you some information to consider before we even do
1: that. Okay, so Dan mentioned a couple of ways to get in touch. One, you can go online to BetsawealthAdvisors.com. That's BetsawealthAdvisors.com. And from there, you'll see an area to submit a question. Contact Dan to reach out to his team. That's BetsawealthAdvisors.com. And at number two, you can reach out and call Dan at the office. Just pick up the phone and dial. It's 614-472-4510. That is the phone number, 614 472 4510 reach out to Dan Betzel and get started today with your financial planning in 2019 get financially fit call 614-472-4510
0: also go to my website, and re- and I think on the landing page, the main page of my website, at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com, you can request the Retirement Rescue Toolkit.
1: Yes, I'm actually doing it right now as we talk. I'm pulling it up just to kind of Excellent. walk through the process. So BetzelWealthAdvisors.com, that's the website. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Right on the front page, it says Get Your Toolkit. It's right there. You can click and get that free toolkit. You can go to Resources as well. So just a lot of ways to get in touch. With Dan and the team. And of course, go to the contact page and you can get information that way as well. Dan, as always, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, Mark. We'll do it again next time on another edition of Plan with Dan. Fee based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.